Hello and welcome back to Finger Guns with Tony, Dave, and James. I am your dreamy co-host, Dave Baldwin, and here I am with Tony B and a somewhat okay looking Jimmy. <laughs> I'm not I'm taking also, dreamy. You can be dreamy, Dave. Yeah, you can definitely be dreamy. <laughs> I am somewhat okay-ish looking Tony B. <laughs> Oh, I've, I was always told that I had a voice, a, a face for radio. So. Oh yeah, but you got the voice for the podcast. I got the voice for the podcast. Got the podcasting <laughs> voice there, pal. Yeah, how we doing tonight, fellas? Feeling a bit better. I've been dealing with a head cold, so once again, this episode is virtual. Apologies for anything, but I think we've been doing fine. But yeah, just I don't want to get I don't want to get my two boys sick on the eve of TIFF. I can't do it. I can't do this. Yes, oh, yes this man. episode is getting recorded prior to TIFF, but by the time it is, uh, it's live. We are going to be like balls deep, deep yeah, inside like of TIFF. Not, yeah. not even balls deep, like entire body deep <laughs> yeah, into yeah. TIFF. Wait, 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 so, based on the schedule, what's your count looking like this year? About thirty-ish. Oh, okay. In around the thirty mark. Yeah, that's nice so. and reasonable. You're not doing a fifty year. Well, no, my wife, my never wife, again. My wife told me. <laughs> my wife told me she wanted me to do ten. Yeah, and obviously I would want to do fifty. So we met in the middle, and now we're doing thirty. She doesn't think that that's really in the middle, but the difference between ten it's and fifty close. is thirty. It's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's a more manageable thirty. Yeah. I've already seen four films, which nice. I'm excited about, and uh, yeah gonna be good it's gonna be good yeah and uh stay tuned for uh lots of tiff talk it's gonna be heck it's gonna yeah. be wild it's gonna be wild because the tick if you've been following on film twitter the uh the ticketing has been a nightmare but i think tony and i are pretty much sorted other than his Gaza weekend film that he really desperately wants to see. <laughs> Let's just point out something here. Yeah. I have been on team Gaza weekend since the beginning. It got announced. I was like, you know what? That sounds like a funny ass movie. Right. I'm going to do it. And Chuckles here thinks that <laughs> getting a ticket would be the easiest thing. Cause it's, you know, it's in, it's uh, the program that it's in. It's in contemporary world cinema. Right. So those ones aren't typically like the yeah, more yeah, popular ish yeah. yeah. movie. So like, if you wanted a ticket, pretty much you just go and get it. Right. Typically. But unfortunately the only ticket we were not able to secure was a ticket for a Gaza weekend. Of course. So yeah. You I best mean, believe your boy He's going to be rushing this fucking yeah. movie. Yeah. And I swear to God, if it is nothing but amazing, like it better be a great movie. There's got, there's got to be a reason why it's selling out. I'm, I'm seeing glass onion and Fableman's back to back. So you do you boo boo. Yeah, man. I hope, it's, it. I hope it's either great or it's as entertaining as King of the dance hall was. That's all <laughs> I can hope for you, sir. That's I, it. For our listeners, King of the Dance Hall was a seminal, a seminal, seminal. film. Was it? Was it his directorial? Was it Nick Cannon's directorial debut? Uh, I think it might have been. Definitely, I, I, I think it was. Either way, typically a TIFF, you buy a ticket and then you line up. Back in the old days, there weren't reserved seating or anything, so you'd have to line up as early as possible to get the best possible seats. And if the film is off sale quote unquote then you get into the rush line and if people don't show up with tickets then you can 
then the rush line gets in. I've successfully rushed two or three times. I got denied on um, free solo, which was kind of a piss off. Um, but James was with Tony that night and Tony had another movie. Correct. I believe it was a Xavier Dolan film. Because Tony's pretentious fuck. You know it's it, the man. end of the world, man. That was a great film. That definitely was not a great film. I immediately regretted seeing it. <laughs> I bet you did. Probably just as much as I, re- I regretted watching The Life and Death of Jeffrey F. Donovan or whatever the shit that was called. <laughs> oh my God. It was, <sighs> not, it was not his directorial debut. It was his no. second feature. His second feature. Okay. Yeah. Either way. His first so, was something called School Dance, if you care. Okay, way. so he's he's, he's got a dance in his wheelhouse. He's got a dance. Yeah. He's staying in his wheelhouse. Yeah. So James was supposed to be with Tony. Tony right. went yep. to go see Xavier Dolan, and James had didn't know what he well, was going to do. Yeah. So we convinced. So we told James like, "Oh, you should just go rush something just for funsies, type thing." And we were looking at the schedule to see what would match up with Tony's timing. And yeah. I was like, "Well, there's this King of the Dance Hall movie, right? If you." Like it sounds fun yeah. enough. Like go rush it, see what happens. Just for shits and gigs, go. And then uh, I had the time. I had lots of time to walk all the way. So I was. We were at the Scotia Bank, and I had to walk all the way to the Ryerson for it. And I had plenty of time, so I strolled all the way to the Ryerson for it. Um, which is it's not exactly a hop, skip, and a jump. Like nope. it's a bit of a it's a bit of a hike. Yeah, it was like a half an hour, forty five minute walk. It was nice, mm-hmm. um, especially because it was like that was a nice tiff that year. It was not too cold, not too hot. It was nice weather. Um, yeah, I got so not, what we're, not what we're getting this year because it's oh if if the last couple days have been any indication, it's yeah. going to be every season known to man. Yeah. Can't so, wait, man. Can't I, fucking wait. To wrap this weird story up, I got to the Ryerson, I saw the rush line, and I sat down in the rush line, and I was like, okay, this should be fine. And I was like sixth or seventh in the rush line, and I was like, oh, this, I'm not really that worried. It's fine. Whatever. Hopefully there's a ticket. I don't know. If there isn't, you know, I wasted some time, and Tony will be done eventually. Um, and one of the volunteers came around, and they were asking everyone, on oh, like, what film are you are you here to rush for? And people were saying stuff. And then they got to me, and they were like, what film are you here to rush for? And I was like, oh, uh, King of the Dance Hall. And she's like, oh, you can just go in and <laughs> get a ticket. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? She's like, yeah, just head over inside to the box office. You can just buy a ticket. There, there There's plenty. <laughs> I was like, oh, Okay. Um, so I bought a ticket and then joined the ticket holder line, which wasn't that long. And I like the Ryerson ticket holder experience because you just get to sit on a stone thing as it wraps around the building. Ryerson. Yeah. yeah. And um, you see that squirrel without a tail. Yes. It's just always there. Like squirrels can't live that long. So I don't know what's <laughs> like, is it just like now that's, that's the evolution of that squirrel. There's now just a whole family oh. without tails. Um, anyway, so got inside. I was the token white person at this uh film which was fine i was like okay all right this could be interesting because like the cast is decent whoopi goldberg busta rhymes beanie man like there's some great names and like busta rhymes was there in person with nick cannon i was like oh shit this is pretty cool and then the film aired and uh no (laughs) (laughs) It was not pretty cool. It was fucking junk. 
<laughs> and I hated every single minute of it. And then as soon as the credits rolled, I'm sure they were going to come out for like a, you know, a standing ovation, a clap, whatever. Everyone stood up to clap and everything because they were sitting there in the theater. I just left. Uh, no, 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 Nick Cannon. No, stop it. You don't need to do a Jamaican romance dance movie. No, it no. I I literally want to subscribe to YouTube Red just so I can just so you can watch, watch it? that film. Yeah. yeah, I might do it. Is that is that where it is? is it's on YouTube Red. Yep. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Can Brad. we get like a thirty day like trial? We sure just can. So can get it. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind watching. Um, what's the one? A uh, body is on there too. I wouldn't mind watching oh, nice. that again. Oh, body. Yeah, that was nice, a nice. that was a wild experience. <laughs> But uh, anyway, yeah. I'm so proud. I'm still so proud of you. That was a dance hall. That was it was an inspired magic. choice that fit the schedule right. And it's an experience I'll never forget. It was yeah. uh, I'm so jealous. I should have just gone. I, should, I don't know. What I was should have bailed on whatever it was. And I should have gone. But I would have stayed and I would have told you that we needed to go to the stage to door the stage to get door a picture. For, fucking bus Nick bus. Cannon oh. and Busta Rhymes. Yeah. Like Nick Cannon, no, I want Bus a bus. Yeah, like why would you get anybody else except Busta Rhymes? Like, come on now, Nick Cannon, man. Nah, I mean, I guess it was twenty eight. Hilarious. Was it twenty fourteen or sixteen? Twenty sixteen. So I mean, he was still kind of popular then. He was still hosting whatever the fuck with his seventy eight children. Yeah, he just had a new one. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. Man, good for him. Good for, good him. for the, him. The child support payments, though. Jesus fuck. Yeah. Man. That's why he's gotta keep working. That. Gotta keep working. Gotta do gotta keep gotta I respect yeah. I respect the hustle. <laughs> I respect the hustle. <laughs> gotta hustle for those ten babies. Come on now. No good kidding. for you, Cannon. Good for you. <laughs> Anyways, I don't, um, you guys have a best man worst. Yeah. Hit me. Tony, go ahead. Uh, we starting with best. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You're always starting with best. All you right. want to start so with the worst thing ever? The best. Yes. The uh, best. we threw, uh, Melissa was the feeling an action movie, mm-hmm. uh, this past weekend. And, uh, so I did what every man would do throughout Casino Royale. Cause why not? Nice. Yeah, nice. Nice. And that movie fucks the '60s version with Peter Sellers, right? Obviously, come on. <laughs> like, is there anything else? Like that movie fucks hard. Like, like you think the the Daniel Craig Craig uh, Casino Royale fucks, buddy? The original Peter Sellers. Come well, on, that's not even canon. No, isn't it not it's at all? David Niven and Woody Allen too, isn't it? Yeah, no. Fantastic film, fantastic. Yeah. But more seriously, the Daniel Craig. I think it gets better every time I watch it. I don't, I don't get it. And the most insane scenes are the poker. Just give me the yeah. poker. Like the whole oh, yeah, movie the could have in- just been the poker game. And I would have been like, fuck like this movie. But Fox, what about that parkour chase? Obviously the parkour chase parkour. and, and parkour. Uh, Mads is, is fucking amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I, I can't believe they made a uh, fucking Texas Hold'em poker game so dramatic and so right? intense and so right. intense and just just the work and like the cast is yeah. incredible Jeffrey Wright 
love Jeffrey Wright. Eva Green, Eva Green was great. Um, what's his fucking name? Um, Daniel Craig. Yeah, obviously Daniel Craig. <laughs> Daniel I was thinking, Craig. I was thinking yeah. of uh, I was thinking of the French the French guy, the guy who played the handler. Oh yeah, he's Math- a he's Matthew, a very great, right? Matthew yeah. Almarac or something along those something lines. Something or other. He was but in, I completely forgot he was in in it, and he and. Lights he was in that goofy movie we saw a few a few months ago, um, Cosmopolis. Right? He was the uh, the artist. Yeah, uh, you're talking about the guy who plays um, the French guy, right? Like uh, Rene, Rene Giancarlo Giancarlo Gianni. Yeah, yeah, him. Giannini. Also, not Matthew. No, no, Giancarlo no, no, Giannini. No. But he's in that movie, right? Like, I'm not smoking smoking rocks. Like, uh, he should be in that movie, as far as I know. Which movie are we talking about? Casino Royale. No, the other one. Um, Christ, what's a fucking stupid movie? It's Cronenberg. Cosmopolis. Oh, Cosmopolis. Uh, I don't have a Matthew on the cast list, Holmes. Did I screw? Oh, he's the bad guy in this in Quantum of Solace. That's go. why. Yeah, you're a movie head. I'm a movie, movie head. head. Movie head, which I've only ever seen once. And never want to watch ever again. I've also only seen that once, and only recently. Every time I was doing like my Bond rewatches, I would just fucking skip Quantum because I just I could never Quantum make it past the o- the opening. It was just it would give me a fucking headache every time. Some I want- of the action is good. Like there's yeah. that fight. There's that fight scene where they like fall through the oh yeah the roof the, onto yeah. the scaffolding. That's yeah. cool, but like mm-hmm. so bad. Yeah, so I watched bad. it recently. We were uh, me and Melissa were doing the Daniel Craig rewatch right before um, No Time to Die, mm. and we watched Quantum, and it was the first time I had watched it since the theater. And I'm thinking, you know what? Like, it's not, it's not, it can't be that bad. It can't be. And it was a pile of junk. And I'm pretty sure Melissa fell asleep at one point too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's because the uh, the writers' strike, like it got yeah, affected it was by the writers' strike, because they still wanted to bring it out, but it wasn't properly written. Yeah. And they couldn't go yeah. back and fix it. I think doesn't Daniel Craig like have a writing credit on it? I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't Either be way, surprised. I've only seen I've only seen it the once, and I've just, I don't think I've ever revisited it since two thousand and eight. So no when we need. do our uh, when we do our James Bond uh, James Bondathon when they uh, oh come God. out with the next yeah. the next one, we'll uh, we'll pop that one on. I was, nice. just about to, I was just about to tell you guys since we watched Casino Royale, we ended up following it up with uh, The World's Not Enough. Mm. That movie is definitely not what I remembered it being. Um, yeah, I bet not. <laughs> but after that, we were just like, you know what? I could keep going. So I think uh, I think we're going to rewatch the entire Bond collection. Nice. It's nice. a fun trip, man. Yeah. Oh, don't, I can't, I can't don't wait. Don't skip over Lazenby. It's actually Obviously a good time. Not. No, man. I think Lazenby is like arguably like one of the best ones. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, according yeah, to some it's people. It's a departure. It's definitely yeah. like, it's jarring when you go from Connery to Lazenby back to Connery. It's a very jarring thing that happens, but yeah, I I'm mean, probably not going to do it in order, but like, yeah, but like the plot in that one oh, is yeah. canon to everything else. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, that's a crucial linchpin. So I don't know. I like mm-hmm. Lazenby. Oh. And he was nice that one time that he was called on the phone in that theater that we <laughs> yeah, were in. Yeah, <laughs> we saw when we saw the, the Bond documentary. I still remember that. It was so fucking cool. Good film. Good film. Good film. We got right, wildly James. off track there, but yeah, Casino Royale's dope. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. Fox. It's Fox. So, it's so, so much better than it hard. has any right to be. Yeah. No, it has no right being as good as it is. But it, it just. Is. I love the opening. 
just opening like opening the, is great the car chases the like car chases are great him like having to like doesn't he have to like shock himself back to life yeah. or something yeah yeah he gets poisoned that fucking scene that fucking seems one of my favorites but when he gets poisoned and then he has to like finagle his way to the car and fucking um just the end the ending yeah. the very ending when he shoots the guy and then he's like who are you <laughs> yeah so good yeah so good i was not on board for daniel craig at the beginning but after watching that movie i was like all right i guess i'm on board for daniel craig incredible incredible yeah james hit us with your best yeah it's one that i think dave mentioned before but i got the opportunity to watch it over the weekend it's marcel the tiny Aww. little shell with shoes on oh i love him i love so even much, though it's jenny slate that voices him but i love him so much it's it's such a sweet film um mm. i absolutely loved it it was like an hour and a half but i wanted it to continue on forever and ever and it's just so like heartwarming and heartbreaking at times and like um it deals with some really like heavy things and heavy topics about like you know losing a loved one and watching a loved I, one grow old losing your family finding your family again um, isolation isolation loneliness. loneliness yeah it's celebrity because everyone keeps celebrity pictures at the house yeah <laughs> yeah and he's just a tiny little shell yeah. he's just trying to make it in a little in a, in a big world and it's one of the cutest things ever and it's hilarious and it's sad and it's happy and it's everything that you kind of want it to be it's bittersweet yeah especially the ending it's so great at the mm. end um, I, j- I love when he, I love when he pukes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When the car, <laughs> he's just constantly yeah. throwing up on the map. Um, yeah, he's just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. Marcel is the sweetest little shell you'll ever see in your life, and um, I believe it's officially out. Like I was able to to purchase it and watch it. Um, it is out on PVOD. I think I saw it's coming out on Prime tomorrow. Oh, nice. From when we're recording this, so by the time this is out. It's out and available to watch. So nice. Watch it, seek it out, and enjoy it because it's so great. So great. I wish I got to see it in theaters. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Adding it to the list. Do it. Why was it not on the list already? Should have been deep in the watch list. Should have been at the top of the watch list, man. Well, fuck. You know, because watching fucking world is not enough. You don't have time for Marcel (laughs) the Shell. shell. Come on, man! You can always be in the mood for uh, for some shitty shitty Bond action for movies. some Christmas and turkey. Exactly. <laughs> I thought Christmas only came once a year. <laughs> ha ha ha! Bond, I see what you did there. Yo, I see what you did there. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Going back to Tony. Going back to me. Or are yeah. we going to you, Dave? Uh let's let's. Let's go back. Let's go to you, Tony. All what's, right. your, what's your math? Uh, so I have a little film uh, called The Replacement Killers. Ooh, Chow Young Fat. Chow mm. Young Fat action mm. movie. It is directed by Anton Fuquan, but I oh, think nice. that they just put his name on it because John Woo secretly uh, directed it because it is very much a John Woo movie. Was there a and- dove? Well, there's, uh, there's, there's no, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> there's no dove, but like, honestly, there's the slow-mo, 
the slow-mo mm. uh gun battles charlie charlie fat just going through and just his 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 clips just don't end like i just they're just like like i don't know where these bullets are coming from because it does not make any logical sense of how right. superpower tony yeah, yeah he definitely has a superpower does he so, does he jump in slow motion and shoot two guns at the same time exactly yeah yeah he just has two guns at the same time at all times and mira Serino comes out of nowhere and starts like shooting people too very generic plot like uh michael rooker is in it too oh fun. love rooker they bring it. They bring in um, Chow Yun Fat's character to basically kill Michael Rooker because Michael Rooker had killed uh, a child of a rival Triad family. Um, As you do. So the gang, the gang gets a little upset and right. says, puts out a hit on this guy. Only the time that um, he has to kill him, Rooker's playing with his kid. So. Um, I'm going to call him tequila because I'm not going to keep saying Chung Yao Fat. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tequila Inspector. Is like, Inspector Tequila was just like, no, no, homie, don't play like that. I'm not going to do that kind of thing. Uh, families get upset. Then they put out a hit on on Mr. Tequila. Inspector. <laughs> Inspector Tequila. They put a hit out on him and then he goes to some forger who can make him a passport so that he can get back to his family because if he doesn't get back to his family in time, the rival family is going to go for his family. Where does this movie take place? Uh, America. Oh. And he thinks that people aren't going to recognize him? <laughs> He's very, like, <laughs> like, I don't want to, like, I'm not trying, like, don't. He has it's a very just, distinctive not... look. Like, yeah. Right. And he like, has that shit eating grin on his face. Like you like, can't like you can't you can't be like, oh yeah, this is Inspector Jin. Like, <laughs> like no, it's yeah. like it's very clearly him. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't need a forger. You just need somebody to get you the hell out of the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was like the story gets convoluted. It's like whatever you're not was the night it was the it was the 90s you're not watching it for the story you're watching it for uh inspector tequila to and oscar winner mira sorvino (laughs) (laughs) basically run through these fucking it's uh it's a journey it's a journey it's a journey journey. michael rooker is michael rooker it's very weird seeing him in a role like that but uh he did some crazy shit in the 90s so i'm Mm. not surprised yeah, he definitely did. He's done crazy shit the whole time. He's just he's just a kooky artist. Yeah, kooky. Yeah, yes. I like it. Kooky. Yeah, kooky. Yeah, I love it. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't seek it immediately. I would uh, run through uh, Chun Yao Fat's filmography and bring out anything that he's done with John Woo, and uh, you probably get a half better movie. A ha- like half better? <laughs> you really think hard boiled is half better than let me the rephrase killers? Let me rephrase. You'll get a way ass better movie. A way ass better. Because hard boiled is 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 per- it, uh, I, I it's, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. No, it's perfect. And he's also in Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. True. That too. That too. And Pirates of the Caribbean on uh, at World's End. <laughs> He was the best part of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And he's only in like the first 45 minutes of that movie. Right. James, what do you got? For me? Um, yeah. Cause I wasn't feeling well this weekend. I kind of like to rewatch a bunch of things that I just enjoy watching. Um, so I, I was in the middle of 
I don't remember what led me to this, but I was in the middle of watching Superbad and I, for some reason, thought about I Love You, Man. And I was like, huh, I haven't seen that movie in forever. So I threw it on afterwards. Uh, I really like that movie. <laughs> I don't love it. I think it's fine. But like, for some reason, it's just charming enough that I like it. It's on the better half of meh to me. <laughs> it's not great. It's good. But like, it's just like Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel just have like the best chemistry. And it's just, it works the entire time. And also, slap it a bass. I love it. Slap it a bass. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, like, I forgot like about the Ferrigno in that. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Lou Ferrigno's in it a lot. Uh, Andy Samberg is in it. Um, Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones. J.K. Simmons. Like I there's, know, we already talked about J.K. Simmons before. Like I'm yeah. on board for J.K. Simmons. Yeah, always. It was Don't just make that like ridiculous uh, joke about HBO Sunday lineup. Yes, <laughs> it's not cable. It's HBO. I love it. I love oh, it. Oh jeez. All right, maybe yeah. I'll put this on after tips over. <laughs> yeah, it was just funny, and you know, like I feel like I haven't seen it in a long time, and it maybe it hits a little bit different now that like I'm in my 30s, because like I get it. The idea of trying to find a friend now? No. How? No. I don't. What? No. How do you? I how do you meet a friend? I just have lots of Twitter friends. Yeah. See, that's. I guess that's there's weird. that. There's like, that. Yeah. Yeah. And most of them aren't awkward when you meet them in real life. You'd but hope there's not. A number of them that are. <laughs> I bet. Twitter is an interesting place. It sure is. It's not real. It doesn't exist. Oh, it, it's real. James. <laughs> it's real. It, it's on its own plane of existence. Yeah. But it look, exists outside of the realm of reality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, Rush is in it completely. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Rush. <laughs> Rush. It's so heavy on the Rush. Oh, so man. heavy on the Rush. Rest in peace, Neil Peart. Um, sorry, Peart. Um, but yeah, you know what? Like, if you're looking for you know, it's a weekend. You didn't, you want something feel good. You don't want to watch something too heavy and it's just light. And you're like thinking about comedies and something you maybe haven't seen in a long time. Throw and I love you, man. It's fun. Can't go wrong. It's just nice. Nice. Well, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm math just because, uh, sure. I didn't really like, I it's, it's been a weird little, little bit of time. I was in Newfoundland. Now I'm getting ready for gearing up for tiff or in the middle of tiff whenever you listen to this um but i watched baz lerman's elvis the yeah. other day and uh that movie was a journey it's something it, it was it was some yeah it's it's never boring it's never boring but it's all over the fucking place and i just i don't know man like I don't know what Tom Hanks is doing. I don't know if it was the best idea to frame the entire movie around him and make Elvis basically a supporting character, even though he's owning like Austin Butler is owning that movie. Oh and yeah. It's hilarious because he's uh Tex in once upon a time in Hollywood. So I always think of him uh, saying uh, we're here to do the devil's business or whatever, <laughs> or whatever. And he's like, no, it's something something goofier than that. <laughs> Maybe Rex. Tex. Tex. 
<laughs> like just so it was funny seeing him do that but like he's so good in it the costumes are incredible some of the editing is like inc- is like inspired yeah <laughs> and like some of it's really good and then yeah. the other parts you're like what the fuck the are we fuck doing this what is this you're really it, selling me on this movie. Like I kind of want to just leave the podcast now and watch this. Movie. It's it's two hours and forty minutes of nonsense, nonsensical, fucking hyper stylized bullshit, Tony. Yeah, like it's all it's Tony. You saw Gatsby, right? Yeah, crank that to eleven. Yeah, it's it was, so like, from the much moment, like, from the drop. For Christ's yeah. sake, yeah. Love it. It's once in like literally in the first 30 seconds, you understand exactly what you're in for for the next two hours and 40 minutes. It's got everything. There was a, there's a bit where, I don't know. It was just like, it's a darker scene. And then the next scene is bright sepia. And I was like, Oh my God, my eyes. I was watching it in like 1080. And I was like, what what, would like the 4k just like blow through my eyes. Like clear through you. That was like, a wild time in a the theater, man. Like it was. Oh fuck! You saw it in the theater, James? Yeah, I can't Damn. imagine seeing that in the theater. I was, I was bananas. I needed, I needed to pause it more than once and just I feel like I should have saw that in 4DX or something. That would have been nuts. <laughs> oh god! I think you would have. I don't. You would have smelled t- fucking Tom Hanks's bo. Yeah, just it's so. I don't. I just. I was thinking about it today again because I knew we were going to talk and I was just like, like, I get why Tom Hanks is in the movie. I yeah. don't know why he's doing that, but I get why he's I in it because he probably helped get the movie made, but because he's the biggest name in that movie. But, yeah. but it's like, but it's like, why would you frame it around him? Or why wouldn't you pivot halfway through the movie and start framing it around Elvis? Like I could give a yeah. shit about the Colonel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot with Colonel Tom Parker and like it's also it's weird to me because you have Austin doing a very good Elvis top tier Elvis characterization. It's great. He's got the voice for it. He pulls off the moves. He's got he is Elvis. It's incredible. So, okay, so the hair. I love the hair, (laughs) the hair, everything. It works. Um so you have a real person in Elvis and Austin Butler's doing a very good Elvis. You have a real person in Colonel Tom Parker and Tom Hanks is doing something. But like you can find interviews with Colonel Tom Parker and he sounds like a normal guy from the South. And Tom Hanks sounds like someone who just came out of like an East German prison. Like I cannot explain the accent to you. It is weird and off-putting and I, I I I just I I don't yeah, know it's, I don't know it's, it's, and he like he's trying to make him a sympathetic character yeah and he's making him enigmatic type thing and like but then the ending or like the entire third act is this all mysterious bullshit where it's supposed to all come together but it yeah. doesn't come together the way it should yeah and then when Elvis finally dies it's just like it just kind of peters out. Yeah, spoiler. Is that yeah. a spoiler, is that a Tony? Spoiler? He's been no. dead for you quite some time. You know what is time. the spoiler, Tony? And you should <laughs> just to set your expectations going into this. You don't see Elvis die. You don't see him die on the toilet. That's True. the worst part of this movie. Is the fact that the way that his they death is gonna, framed. They weren't gonna fucking do that. Give hey man, if, when you go to Graceland, and I have, they tell you about his death and what happened, like. 
narrated to you on the audio tour. Did and they, do they still have the toilet? Like, is the toilet still? No, you can't go to, to the. Cause it's in the upstairs part of the house, and the upstairs part of the house is actually still used by the Presley family, so it's off limits. Um, but you are so, in the last room that he's in before he runs to the shitter, which was the squash court that I'm sure he used. <laughs> well, he might have at some point. So, so you're telling me that the Presley family, like they just have people walking through their house yeah. through the day and then they just like go about their business when it closes for the day. I think, think of it more like a, um, what would we like, uh, like a cottage, um, in the off season it's used as, but they can like block off chunks of time that they're going to actually be there using the house and then it's not open to the public. I'm just and like for like, the filming of this movie, it was definitely not open to the public. Well, yeah, for sure. But it's like, okay, I'm feeling squash today, boys. Like Lisa, what are you what are you doing today? You yeah, want to yeah, play yeah. squash? Yeah. All right, we're gonna play squash. Well, this tour is already out there. Fuck them. We got we're Fuck playing em. squash. Yeah, I, don't think, I think they have to like set it in advance. They have probably like a year calendar, and they got weeks at a time. It's but, their yeah. fucking house. Why are they setting it in advance? I, I, I don't know. They they need the money. Does James look like their goddamn travel agent? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> All their shit's there. I don't know what you want from me. I don't know, man. That just sounds that just sounds it's wacky. Nutty. It's nutty. That just sounds wacky. <laughs> and that's also in the audio message. Like you're like, and we can't go upstairs because it's still used by the Presley family. You're like, the fuck? Like, okay. Hilarious. Take me to the uh, jungle room. <laughs> I I just want to go to Graceland now. Man. Tony, you want to skip Tiff? Go to Graceland? Go to fucking Graceland. <laughs> Hard pass. Walking in Memphis. <laughs> and that's oh. that's that's the only thing I really want to do. Can just I walk in Memphis with that fucking song? I also box. I don't know why I love it, but just like the end credits are scored or the score over the end credits is in the ghetto. Yeah. It's just I'm like, why? Why? The musical choices, why? like all the Elvis numbers are fine, but the other musical choices in that movie, what? He's walking on Beale Street going to a club in like the 50s and it's like Megan the Stallion playing. I'm like, well, there you go, Baz. You just, you do you, man. Uh, like at least in the ghetto is an Elvis Presley exactly. song. Exactly. <laughs> And then it gets remixed into something with Eminem, which yeah. was odd. It's Baz Lerman. Come on, Baz Lerman. It's we were talking about Twitter. You guys, earlier, you guys are fucking being, selling me on this. I really want to watch it now. We're, you Good. know, we were talking earlier about Twitter not being on this plane of existence. <laughs> this yeah. movie is not it's on the not. Plane, this plane of existence. That's fair. It's yeah. wild, but do watch it's it, Tony. I do, it oh, is it's like a, a recommend it, it, only yeah. because it needs to be experienced. Yeah, but it's a it's a map, but it's a hard recommend map. Yeah. <laughs> All right. After Tiff. Yeah, that's fair. But you got Sudbury after Tiff. After Sudbury. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, if you're just like surprise, thirteen more movies for you, I'm good. But then we I'm, have. I'm just gonna quit. We have. But then maybe we'll do Fantastic Fest. Oh thirty one days God. in October. Oh, we do have thirty one days after, in October. That is happening. after dark. And then we're getting we're we're going to some chump's wedding too. <laughs> it's yeah, ruining the thirty one day wedding. Who the hell gets married during fucking thirty one in October? That's just just poor planning in my Their part. Second in my wedding. Their second wedding. Yeah, yeah. We're watching horror movies <laughs> down there. I don't give a fuck. Hey, buddy, I'm I'm fucking doing it. Like I'll yeah. have them loaded up on my on my phone. Hundred percent. Are you 
you're just like you're going to interrupt the the the, the dinner to go watch <laughs> a horror me. movie. Excuse me, I need to log um, one for the day. The wedding the wedding doesn't start until at least like four p.m. First first look at like you know three o'clock. That means from seven a.m. to three o'clock is prime time. Just fucking horror movies. Movie after when we're movie. getting when we're getting ready, fucking horror movies going to be on the TV. Oh, better than that. 77 minute star wars disco thing i had going <laughs> i love that seriously too, it just, never, it it just never ended it was way it, too it was long. A, it was a lot man yeah tony the yes, worst the worst uh you know this movie quite well oh i do we uh we saw it uh opening weekend in 3d oh, oh jesus oh, oh no uh it is a film called shark night 3d Oh, we saw that with Superfan Greg. Superfan Greg. James, have you seen Shark Night 3D? Nope. So me and Melissa got an Airbnb Mm -hmm. to a nice place on the lake uh, this past weekend. And uh, she wasn't really digging my my film choices. Okay. I just wanted to watch stupid things. I didn't really want to watch anything (laughs) with substance. Uh, So she wanted me to step up my game. So I was like, all right, we're on a lake. Why don't we watch a horror movie set on a lake? She was like, okay. And I explained to her the premise of Shark Night. And uh, she was all in. Sure, sure. That movie is uh, really bad. Oh, no. It's uh, pretty shitty. <laughs> and it definitely hasn't aged in the slightest. You know why? Why? You didn't watch it in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the title. But like these are these are hard truths, Tony, that you just need to. Yeah. yeah. And you could tell which parts are in 3D. I kept saying that to Melissa. I was like, remember, this is supposed to be in 3D because she's like, oh, why does it look like that? It's supposed to be in 3D. It was super rapey oh. and like just inappropriate. Like the guy was just like, oh, like, do you want to know the key to a woman's heart? Hands him a bottle of vodka with some cookies. I was like. I'm okay. really offended. I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's his nuts from um, Shifts Creek is in it. He's the lead man. He's the lead. Um, the doctor, the vet, the vet doctor. Oh, I, know I, know talking talking about. I know you're talking about. I know you're talking about. He's the lead. And Sarah Paxton uh, is the, is the love interest basically. Okay. It's, it's really weird. It sounds weird. Really weird. Dustin um, Milligan. James, that's that's him. That's there him. Uh, essentially, James. Yeah. Um, a bunch of hillbillies release uh, sharks into a salt water lake. Okay. And then hilarity ensues. That sounds messy. Yeah. Do you want to know why for, why they do that? Yes. So that they can put little cameras attached to their head so that they can sell the uh, shark attacks to TV stations. That makes sense. That checks out. I guess. So the motivation behind it was, 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 was good, but I feel like they just wrote themselves into a corner and been like, Hey, how do we get sharks into a lake? How are they going to survive? Why don't we make it a salt lake? Sure. Yeah. No, no, no. The answer is no. 
Is it no. Donald Logue, one of the villains? Yes, he is. Oh, Donald Logue. He's the one leading the charge. And that stupid oh. and one of those one of those fucking pretty boys from the OC is in it too. Um I don't know who he was. He was one of the guys that Ryan punched, but I feel like Ryan punched a hell of a lot of people on that show. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not up with uh, Chris OC. Carmack. Is, does he, is he, is it is Joel he blonde? David Moore? <laughs> Joshua Leonard, Chris, Zilka? Uh, Chris, Chris Carmack is blonde. All right. Then it's probably him. There you go. He played Dennis, 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 Dennis. Yes. Chris Carmack. That is the go. OC. Uh, I'm just getting a text from my wife. Or Chris it is Zilka? the guy who played Luke on the OC. Luke from the OC. It's Chris Carmack. Or it and could be I Chris remember Zilka. Marissa. I remember Olivia Wilde was on it. And yep. that's and Rachel Bilson. And that's about yeah. where I stopped. You forgot about the best character. Peter Gallagher. Fucking Sandy Cohen. Yes. And Sandy Cohen. And his eyebrows. And Sandy Cohen's eyebrows. Yes, you're right. You're right. Am I for my? That's true. My bad. That's true. my bad. Yeah, yeah. You own that. You own that, Dave. You should. Sandy Cohen fans are going to be attacking us on Twitter when this releases. Yeah. <sighs> the Cohen. I apologize to the, the Sandys. <laughs> the Sandy Cohen <laughs> collective <laughs> fans. <laughs> and and what? Peter Gallagher. I'm sorry. Oh God. I'm sorry. But further in my point, don't fucking watch Shark Night. <laughs> don't yeah, do right. it. I, I haven't... Uh, just I haven't, avoid it like the plague. I haven't wanted to rewatch that film, so I've, I think I'm okay. I've seen this movie like four or five times now. I don't know why I keep going back to it. The fuck is wrong with you? When you want a shitty horror movie, you know where to go. <sighs> Who wants to watch shitty horror movies? Tony. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, there there is an audience out there there's that probably someone to that's us. gonna be like yo man sharknade 3d is the masterpiece exactly it's subversive or some bullshit and probably, i don't know they'll probably compare some bullshit to sharknado and all those other fucking shark versus eight-headed octopus i don't fucking know there's there's a there's an eight-threaded twitter thread jaws. out there <laughs> jaws yeah jaws jaws 3d jaws deep the blue. revenge deep blue sea Deep blue Ooh, sea. Deep blue sea. Mm. Mm-hmm. I saw that one recently. Still holds up. I'm sure it does. Sure. Which, yeah. the, effect, the effects do not. Yeah. <laughs> is it because your head is like a shark fin? Obviously. <laughs> Hands down, greatest theme of all time. Yeah. Jesus. James, hit us with your worst. Uh, I'm gonna follow Tony down a little John Woo rabbit hole. Ah, yes, John. Um, I've been rewatching. Uh, some films starring the one and only Tom Cruise in preparation for Dead Reckoning 1 and 2. And uh, yeah, I recently rewatched Mission Impossible 2, the John Woo experience. Was there <sighs> it's just not great. Was there depths? Oh, there's doves. Okay. <laughs> when was the last time we watched Mission Impossible 2? Of course there's doves. And motorcycle uh, jousting. I'm pretty sure yeah, we, that, that was yeah, wild. Yeah. That, yeah. that part was the best part. Come on now. Yeah. That was 100 uh, like, they just when fucking, he's free soloing they like, um, up, a, up a fucking mountain. Yeah. Me? But don't they like jump at each other? Yes. 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 Badass. And also Tom Cruise does a flying two-footed kick. And that is also wild. He That's just like drop kicks the guy. It's great. It's... 
Anthony Hopkins is in it too, isn't he? Tony Hopkins, yes, he is. Yeah. Andy Newton. I wish he came back. Andy Newton. Um, yeah, Tandy Newton. Maybe he has. Maybe he's that surprise cameo they keep talking about. God, I wish. <laughs> might, that might actually check out. Like, yeah. At least Ving Rhames is consistently in it. Yeah, Ving Rhames is a great character. I do like Ving Rhames. He's um, the only one that came back the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Except there's one that he's barely in. Which one is it? Is it MI3 that he's barely in? MI3? No, he's in MI3 quite a bit. MI, it's uh, Ghost Protocol. Okay. He's not really in it because Jeremy Renner's there. Yeah. Maybe he's the one who comes back in Dead Reckoning. He's not doing anything lately. Yeah. Well, Renner was supposed to take over, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And And then Tom Cruise was like, no, no. Hold me. No. No, no. Not today. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, Mission Impossible 2 is probably the most forgettable thing to exist. It's like overly convoluted for no particular reason. Um, It's also one of the ones like to me, it's it gives so much away too soon. Like one of the things with Mission Impossible is like there's usually a pretty good through line of like the double cross or who's been really behind it or you know a mystery villain or something like that and this one is just like it's all there there's no there's no surprise to be had you know it almost from the beginning um because they do that whole scene on the plane and does yeah, he change faces he has that face so thing so many times he does, it, he, does it, he does that like throughout the franchise doesn't he i know yeah. but like it's he does it a lot in that one i think well you know what it's interesting because like mission impossible they did obviously there was mask work in there but it was very much like okay how do we modify tom cruise's face a bit to be a different character and then this one they were just like oh you know what let's just not do that and like we can just say that the masks are so good they're a completely different actor and then it's like an actor has to act like someone else acting like them it's very cool from like an acting perspective if they can pull it off especially mi3 because you get fucking philip seymour hoffman and that's always a treat i can't believe he's the fucking villain in that movie incredible it's nuts incredible it's wild nuts. he gets thrown through a pane of glass i'm like oh philip no um but yeah, MI2 is like, like, look, I'm talking about every other Mission Impossible movie, but not this one, because like beyond the motorcycle jousting and that opening scene where he's cli- he's free soloing that cliff. Well, the car chase leading up to the motorcycle jousting was pretty memorable, it's, too, wasn't it? It's all fine. What, what about what about uh, how to They're how just there because it's John Woo. They don't really do yeah. anything. They're just like, oh, some doves. And like, there's a weird moment too where like it all, like, because it's John Woo, it slows down. And like, there's a lot of weird slowdowns. Um, but there's like a whole pile of dubs and like Tom Cruise sees them. And I'm almost like, oh, you're thinking about the doves, are you? And then like he busts open the door and the fire and smoke comes through. And then the dove flies through first. And I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake, John Woo. Come on, man. That was John Woo at the height of John Woo. Yeah, that was the most John Woo that you could be. Can we just, I just want to talk for a sec yeah. about <clears throat> Mr. Du, is it Dugray Scott? Is that how you say his name? Do you agree? He's Sorry. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the villain in Mission yeah. Impossible too. Sean Ambrose, yes. <sighs> this poor bastard. He was injured in a motorcycle accident while shooting the chase in Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. And it forced him to drop out of X-Men, where he was going to be Wolverine. Right. That's and, right. And it went to Hugh Jackman, and Hugh Jackman is 
is Wolverine gunning for, is gunning for an Oscar this year. Like, <laughs> and apparently he was also set to replace Pierce Brosnan as James Bond right. after Die Another Day, and they went with Daniel Craig. Oh, this poor guy. That man. This poor guy. I just want to give him a hug. Yeah. He's a good character actor, though. If I'm not he is, mistaken, he is a very he, good character actor. He pops up a lot. Mm-hmm. His wife is Claire Forlani, which good for him. But that's weird. Like, yeah, he has a lot of TV as well. But like, just ooh, he I was can't in imagine, Fever. I can't imagine losing Bond and Wolverine. Yeah, and being in the worst Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm sure he didn't know that it was going to be the worst Mission Impossible movie, but. It, it was. still made it. It still made a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. It did. It did. Yeah. It, it did. just yeah. Looking back on it, I'm sure it was exciting at the time, but like looking back on it, it's just like the most forgettable. The plot doesn't matter. The characters really don't matter. None of it matters. It's just fine. No one stand out in it. Not even Tom Cruise is really a standout in it. It well, Tom Cruise is still awesome. He's fucking free yeah, solo. He's doing some reels. crazy shit, but like it's also just not his even best performance as Ethan Hunt. Like it's just it's all just bleh. It's all bland. It's fine. It you know what? The point is that franchise went in the better direction eventually. It just it took a little bit to find its footing. But it's not mission difficult, it's mission impossible. Hundred <laughs> percent. Hannibal Lecter saying that. Come on. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Every scene with Anthony Hopkins, great. Just because it's fucking Anthony Hopkins. It's true. It's true. That man can act circles around anybody. This is true. This is true. His new one looks really good. I heard it's very good. Oh, good. I didn't even know he had a new one. Yeah. I thought he was done Arm- after The Father. Armageddon Time. I think it's the new James Gray. Apparently, it's cool. very good. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, it was just on at Telluride. Oh, tell your ride. Which I think we could all go to, but we need to spend a fortune to go because they don't give out credentials. Yeah, that's the one that has, there's no press, right? Like it's, you well, just pay is, a shitload of money. There is press. It's just, you have to pay for it. Oh, okay. That's what it it's is. It's like a, I think it's like a thousand dollar ticket or something, something dumb. Yeah. But they prom- the premieres are insane. The premieres are insane. And isn't it genuinely like, insane. it's just like a weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it's over Labor Day weekend in the mountains in fucking Colorado. Yeah. That's a that's a bucket list. Yeah. I would love to have enough cash that I, we could just do that and just like spend here's a thousand. Let's go. One weekend. It's, once no we get that sponsorship bar. money, boys. Yeah. We'll go to Can and then we'll go to Telluride. Perfect. Perfect. I like it. That's our plan. That's our plan. Someone sponsor us. To pay it. us enough. We're I take back everything I've said about every company ever. If you want to sponsor us, it's fine. <laughs> Including Cineplex? Yes, they can sponsor us. Mm. Only for the money. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, since we've had some great feedback uh, with our specials on 1992 and 1982. <clears throat> we- Rolling the clock back another 10 years. And doing 1972. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I was really excited for this one. Um, mainly because I really like the 70s as a decade of film. This is true. This is true. I do. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the 70s. 
it was it was when everything changed man yeah well end of the 60s right into the beginning of the 70s and onwards oof there was some real incredible shit that came out yes but we're not talking today we're not going to talk about the godfather you already know how good the godfather is you already know yeah so let's let's kick things off i didn't watch it but you guys both watched deliverance Mm -hmm. so please tell me about deliverance because i watched about a half hour of it and then i had to stop and i haven't been able to go back to it but it was it was a pretty uh it was something for that half hour and you know the burt is in it and he's heck yeah gorgeous (laughs) yeah i I would climb him like a tree (laughs) like he is he is a beautiful specimen also john voight and john voight Ronnie Young Cox, John Voice. Ronnie Cox in one of yeah. his first roles, and Ned Beatty. Like, yeah. yeah, I was shocked to see Ned Beatty. Like, and he plays such a weird role too. And I yeah. just, I just can't get over it. That's Ned Beatty. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I didn't know you were such a connoisseur of Ned Beatty. Beatty he's a big, he's, I, he's a Beatty I'm, head. I'm, I'm a Beatty head for sure, through and through. Like. <laughs> Ned Beatty fan club on 1992 or 1972, I should say. <laughs> I took over obviously. Cause I was not around in 1972. Yeah. Yeah. You're the new, you're the new incumbent president of the fan. Exactly. Club. Exactly. I got how sworn many, in and everything. How many members <laughs> of that, that fan club are there, Tom? Exactly. Uh, one. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> but we are, we are pressing on every day. <laughs> so deliverance, <laughs> Uh, in a roundabout way, it's four friends that decide to go on a canoe trip down a river before they dam up the river and it disappears forever. And hilarity ensues. That's, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. That's a I, good way. It's a slow, it, it's a slow one. I didn't, uh, yeah. it like slow. I didn't expect where in. it was going at all. No, is it not at all? Is it the slow knife, Tom? <laughs> it's yeah. Always. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what that reference is. What are you referencing? Dark Knight Rises. Talia Al Ghul. You did it recently. Yeah. Did I? Yes. Yeah. I can't even remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. I'm sorry. All right, Tom. <laughs> I barely know what I had breakfast for breakfast today, but I remember you talking about the slow knife. This- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was unexpected. And yeah, I knew, I knew where it was going, but like the journey it took to get there was, um, was something. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, I think we can go like, it's 1972 at this point. I don't care about spoilers. I'm just going for it. Uh, cause I have to, I can't not talk about the entire, like the, the entire rape scene that happens in the middle of this movie and it's fucking wild. It's but like th- the most popular scene of the movie. They make fun of it all the time. Or yeah. they reference it a it's lot. It's referenced a lot. It's insane, though. Like, I did... I heard about the references. Um, people talking about it. But, like, I've never... I'd never seen it. And then when you watch it happen, you're like, Jesus, fuck. Like, it's, it's unsettling. And, like, you need, like, a cold shower after. It's... Yeah. It's gru- it's gruesome. Like I thought, like it was, and it's so like drawn out. Like it's not a quick scene. It's a long scene, yeah. and it's long on purpose. It just it keeps, and I think it like 
it, it ties into what we were just kind of talking about of how everything changed in the seventies. And like before that time, that scene could not and would not ever exist. And in the seventies, it, it, it became this weird thing. Like after the Hayes code dropped, people started pushing the envelope of like what you could do. And in this one, there was like a full on rape of a guy right in front of you which for the 70s was wild even today watching it i'm like holy fuck like what the hell is happening like it's so heavy and then it just continually escalates from there and like there's that whole intense scene with the guy on the cliff and the murder and like they have to weigh down two bodies in the water and like they're all fucking fucked up and traumatized by the time they get to the shore and like oh well don't forget don't forget they 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 crash the boats and stuff and like uh burt reynolds like breaks his ankle or yeah. like breaks, breaks his breaks femur his, yeah and oh, the other no, the other guy just gets and james the other the other guy just is is he shot or does he just give give like lose the will to live and then drowns himself because okay, like so that no, was yeah, a, one of the friends yeah just kind of like is done like he just he just he's just he's just over it and he yeah. just like heals into the water and they think that he's been shot and like yeah uh, there's the whole thing with this with then it goes into the whole thing with the guy on the mountain that's, and then yeah that's the to, guy that i was mentioning with the shot thing because like yeah. they, they thought they were being stalked and like he goes up to kill this guy and like we're not even sure if that guy was actually even stalking them or not he could have just been a fucking hiker you don't really and it just, know it, it just goes into their psyche of yeah. like what with trying to process the right trying to process the rape obviously and then try and then survival kicks in and yeah. then they start then it just all goes to hell yeah. And then and then there's the whole part at the end when they're trying to cover up the murder now and they're trying to get all their stories straight. Yeah, cover the murder. And that's, get the a whole, straight, that's a whole that's a whole other thing too. Yeah, and then dealing this with movie, the fact right at the end where like he's he's thinking about holy fuck, like what if one of these like he's having PTSD and nightmares about the shit? Like it's fucked. The whole movie's fucked. <laughs> apparently. Very, very more it was a lot more psychological than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. I don't even know what the fuck I was expecting with this movie. You were just expecting a, a rape and some banjos? A, uh, a rape and something something happens on a canoe trip. Yeah. I just knew there was a rape and some banjos. That's all I was expecting. Oh, yeah. the, the dueling oh, you get banjo, the banjos. The, the dueling banjo part at the beginning. Was and, the, and the basis. kid. I knew what the kid looked like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The kid. I'm just, I, just to your point about rape, like the last house on the left came out that year and then um, Hills Have Eyes, which I kept thinking of while watching this movie, came mm. out a few years after that. And I spit on your grave. It's like, I'm glad we're past this phase. Yeah. Like we don't need to read. Well, don't, it was I don't just, it was just them push, but they were just pushing the boundaries, pushing and seeing That's, what they get away with yeah. and how they could shock the audiences. Right. Yeah, and I think that's and those, exactly those three yeah. that, and those three that you brought up were perfect, perfect examples of movies that were made to shock audiences. And two were actually done by the same person. Yes. Well, the other thing is too, like those are those were all like original stories, I mm-hmm. believe. But Deliverance was based on a book. And the guy who wrote the book wrote the screenplay. Yeah. So Yeah. But yeah, it's a movie I still want to I want to finish it because I I've always wanted to see Deliverance. And you know, the bird, and the bird, he's and, quite dreamy. And you know, I gotta, I gotta keep the Ned Beatty fan club. Yeah, you might appeased. have to join. You, you might have to register. Like I gotta, 
And like, I know you guys have your, have your, your stuff with John Voight, but he, he delivers uh, a great performance. I really, yeah. I really like John Voight in this. Just well, you have to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. And this is also yeah. 1972 John Voight's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's about the same only by name at this point. <laughs> I, I love you saying like you have your thing with John Voight. Like it's not a thing. Everybody I don't, I don't really, John Voight. I, <laughs> he's not a good person, Tony. Okay. I'll take that. Yeah. I don't really know all the shit going on with John Voight. I'm not very up to date with, with who's a, who's a scumbag and who's not a scumbag. <laughs> They're all so, scumbags. Tony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, I just try to, I try to do what you basically said where you separate yeah. the artist from and like, he was just great in this. And I think, Agreed. and I think he was, he was the one that stole the show because like after, after Burt Reynolds gets injured, he kind of takes a backseat and then John Voight fully takes over. And um, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was just really great. Yeah. It was a big recommend. Oh yeah. It was a big recommend. And I, I really, really liked it when I saw it and it was just like, if you've never actually seen Deliverance, or maybe you only heard about it in passing, maybe you're, you're the Dave that's heard about the banjos and the rape. You still watch it, like it's just be prepared, because it is, it's a journey. It is, it is a journey, in a hundred and nine minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you don't know anything about it at all, go in completely blind. Yeah. Because uh, honestly, honestly, well, I you know about you. it now. <laughs> you know about it now. You know about it now. Oops, oopsie daisy. But. Um, I went in. I went in completely blind. Other than that one, like I said, that one moment, and Burt Reynolds was in it. That's that's all I knew going into it, and yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, so what you're saying is, I really need to get on Deliverance. You do, most right. devs. You do. All right, on the list after Tiff. Yeah. Okay, so the next one was uh, Cabaret. Oh, which, that's the, that's uh, the order that we're gonna go in. All right, that's the order. We're Obviously, going. we're gonna save that all right. for the last. All right, like, all right, all right. Did, all right. did you think anything right. else was gonna be last? All right, Cabaret. All right, which, Cabaret. Um, I'd never seen, and I always wanted to see. And uh, it's a musical from Bob Fosse, mm-hmm. uh, and it stars Liza Minnelli in her Oscar-winning role, uh, Michael York. And Joel Gray also in an Oscar-winning role. We'll have to talk about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's set in Berlin in 1931, and uh, it kind of it's a musical, but then it's like a love story, love triangle thing that's also happening as the Nazi Party is rising to power. Yeah, and then it kind of ends just before, like just as the Nazis are becoming. Yeah, the Nazis. Yeah, and, you're, you're uh, consecutively seeing that get worse throughout the 30s in in Germany. Yeah, yeah. Initially, it's very subtle, like, and then it becomes very, yeah, prominent. Yeah, and I would say it's and, like a musical in the sense that like the cabaret is your through line that kind of keeps coming back. It's like the it's it's the baseline for the movie. Like you've you've the cabaret keeps showing up at specific moments that tie into what's happening else around there but it's just because they all go to the cabaret a lot and liza minnelli works works at the cabaret cabaret. yes yes and just james you and i were talking about this a couple days ago of how um 
I don't want to say the word advanced, uh, progressive the yeah. film is, where they openly discuss an abortion, uh, which yeah. sounds insane for 1972 in a very like. <laughs> Like I'm assuming this was a this was a blockbuster release yep. in 1972, and there's also a bisexual relationship that they yep. kind of just hint at. But yeah, initially, alluded they, to a couple times, alluded to sort of in his character, um, Michael yeah, York's when he's, character. When he's first introduced, I assumed that he was gay. Yeah, and then he turns out to be, and then I was like, oh no, he's not. And then it's like, oh, he's bisexual. Okay, yeah. but that's still a very progressive idea for yeah the seventies. Yeah. So I thought that that was kind of interesting, and of course, <clears throat> I thought it was. I thought it was an interesting choice to shoot all of the musical numbers from the audience perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I did not like, you wouldn't think that that would be how you would shoot a musical sequence then, especially a Bob Fosse musical, but like he's, he's framing it entirely from the audience point of view, even like looking up at them Mm -hmm. or looking at them from the back or looking at them from uh, the back of the stage. Like there's very few scenes where it's like right beside them on the stage. Yeah. It's like the least, it was like the, the last sort of thought in my mind of how, how to approach that. Like it was for, for what it is, it's supposed to be a musical and everything else about cabaret. I was definitely expecting like a big spectacle thing and just the, the what you get is not. And I was just not like, Oh, that's, that's and considering and again uh, tying all of this back to where Hollywood was prior to this, where all these big musical pieces that came out, you know, your big hits, your Sound of Music, your everything else, were these Fiddler, huge West Fiddler Side West Side, like they were these big, huge spectacle musicals. Um, to go to this that felt constrained and small and shot from a different perspective and just a way to view it that like. It, to me was inspired like I, I for the time that that came out brilliant yeah and it's very like i feel like there was more money spent on the the german set like the yeah. german stuff than yeah. there was in the cabaret like the costumes obviously but like it's not very flashy yeah other than like some sh- um just like streamers and shit but it's the costuming is really good in this i like the music a lot yep i liked liza minnelli a lot loved liza minnelli in this you know there's a there's a little bit of nepotism here but i still liked her a lot and i thought michael michael york's a baby he's so young oh yeah i just i kept looking at him like oh it's basil yeah me too um, Basil. Yeah. Basil, Basil exposition. Exposition. <laughs> um, speaking of just briefly mentioning that nepotism, because I was like, oh, because I, I knew I knew Liza Minnelli was um, was Judy Garland's kid daughter. daughter. Yeah. Um, what I didn't realize is the timing of when this movie was made versus when Julie Garland died. It was like shortly after Julie Garland's early death. Like, yes. So she was like Liza Minnelli was fucked up doing this and like was 
after this, it was like, it was a huge binge fest down. She always struggled with drugs and alcohol and everything else. The fact that she's still alive, good for her. She's still kicking. Um, but she looked great at the Oscars. I know they did yeah. her dirty, but she looked great at the Oscars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to, to even think of that and the fact that like, yeah, she was going through some heavy shit during this filming and like, she still knocked it out of the park and delivered an incredible performance. Oh yeah. And it's not like it's a, a teehee movie. Oh like, fuck no. Like it has like some demon. there's some demons. Yo, that, that fucking and, deer garden scene was just oh, yeah, so creep show. And it's just like, like rising. Like it starts quiet and then it just one, keeps rising. One kid doing a little song and then the entire crowd all fucking like Nazi saluting and all this. Sh- I was what? And they're the showing the, fuck? the they're showing the Jewish uh, the Jews that are sitting there and they're looking increasingly worried. Yeah, yeah. it's it's heavy. It's a lot heavier. Way it's heavier a lot than different. I thought. Like I was expecting something like Chicago. Yeah, that's what I was expecting, and it's not that at all. No. And no. it's just, yeah, it's, it, I like it more as we're discussing it. Like I liked it, but I'm liking it more now that we're discussing it. Yeah. And like it holds the record for most Academy Awards without winning best picture, <laughs> which that's, I think is, that's an achievement in and of itself. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. I mean, and, it was up in a really tough year. Yeah. And I don't know how Joel Gray beat Bobby Duvall, Al Pacino, and Jimmy Kahn. I'm not sure how that how that works. That one that doesn't computes. track. <laughs> that how one that doesn't computes. track. Liza like, Minnelli know, tracks. Like Joel Gray was like a big. He was a big deal. He was also in like the stage show type thing. Sure. So like you need which, to put that which, in perspective versus who Jimmy Kahn, Bobby Duvall, and Al Pacino were in 1972. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe, maybe not. Joel maybe Gray not. played who? The Master of Ceremonies. Yep. Uh, that tracks. I was going to say the Master of Ceremonies is my favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, uh, what was I going to say? He has a Tony. Yeah, he has a Tony and a Golden Globe, but I'm almost certain the Tony is for Cabaret. Yeah, it's for Cabaret. And he's also Jennifer Gray's dad, which is kind of cool. Uh, from Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Where they yeah. don't put baby in a corner. So that but, man just needs a Grammy. Uh, oh, I don't think he's getting a Grammy anytime soon, <laughs> he's James. 90. Jesus, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's getting it. I don't think he's getting a Grammy unless he writes something quite uh, quite beautiful. Just, right just now. put him oh, like on a feature too. track. Yeah. <laughs> Cabaret to Electric Boogaloo, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh man, yeah. Um, Tony, Cabaret. I didn't like it. Oh, that's Tony. okay. Tell us why. <laughs> why? Yes. Why? Life is a cabaret, old chum. That's true. The fucking way to have wait- shut the fuck up, Tony. You're an idiot. <laughs> I had to wait to the fucking end for that song. I was waiting the entire fucking movie for it to come. I fucking love that song so much. And I had to wait to the end, but it was a fantastic number and it was well worth it. And I'm glad they closed out with that song. Um, I like the first number. The oh, first the, number the was welcoming. really well done. Yeah. The welcoming. Yeah. I like that number a yeah. lot. That was cool. And creep show, but cool. 
Well, like Master Ceremonies was very creepy, very creepy yeah, character. Yeah. And everyone in the cabaret was very creepy too. And whatever that song was about him being the middle and those two ladies, it was. Oh yeah, that was. What yeah, the fuck? Like, that was that was odd. That was I'm gonna odd. be. I'm gonna be but honest. That was, that was the whole gender dynamic, yeah. right? And kind yeah. of they were blending in. Yeah. Like kind of bisexuality and homosexuality oh, yeah, 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 yeah. type thing. Like they're trying to play on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, Tony. Carry on. I like the music better than the story. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I couldn't care. I couldn't care less about the love triangle. Um, I was in and out of that storyline. I just wanted the music. The music was fantastic. The numbers, the sequences, like it's a, it's a Bob Fosse joint. Like, um, I wa- I don't know if you guys watched it. If you haven't, you definitely should. Uh, it was Fosse v. Verdon. It was a uh, FX. Verdon, yeah. Verdon, yeah. It was an FX miniseries with uh, Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams. Mm. So, like, I liked watching Cabaret because, like, I remember there's a there's at least a good like two or three episode arc on just Cabaret and like his lead up to like the Oscars and Cabaret's domination of the Oscars and stuff. Right. Um. So I thought that was really cool. It's seeing it, seeing it played out in in that show, and then actually seeing it. Uh, seeing the movie, I thought that was really well done. Um, but yeah, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't get into the story. Uh, Liza Minnelli was great. Like, I have nothing, no, no qualms about her. Michael York is, you know, Basil Expedition. Um, is his name Expedition or Exposition? Uh, I, I would want to guess that it's Exposition. So would I, because he Cause delivers a lot of exposition. Right. Yeah uh he was like i haven't really seen him outside of austin Powers, so i thought it was really cool seeing him in a different role um it is exposition yeah but but like i I really want to see logan's run still yeah that would be another that would be another one i would want to check out for sure um i can tell i can appreciate cabaret's influence and the its legacy in cinema and musicals in general um, I can appreciate that. I just, it just didn't do it for me. Mm. And I was actually very, very bored and just craving when's the next dance scene or when's the next music, music scene. He's 80 years old. Damn. Yeah, man. Damn. Dave's still obviously, on Michael Dave, York. Dave, yeah. I was going to say, Dave's <laughs> obviously paying attention to what I'm talking about. No, I'll, 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 I'll take, I'll take, I'll take note during Tiff when he's talking to me. <laughs> Just to put my headphones in and just yeah, keep just, playing my fucking Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I I heard everything you said. To your point, I was invested in Michael York and um, mm-hmm. Liza Minnelli. I wasn't. I wasn't invested in that other guy. Getting yeah, fucking oh, that, that other guy. That, uh, no one cared about that. Fuck, fuck that Baron. Kind of fucking creep. Creep he show. Kind of, he just yeah. kind of peters out. And I thought that there should have been more with the Jewish couple. Yeah, that kind of took a weird side. Like it got put on the back burner, and then yeah. it came back, and then it got put back again. Yeah. Um, I and liked his like arc. Icky, I just didn't like the way that they handled it. Yeah, and there's like that icky kind of. He kind of rapes her, I guess. Yeah, like, and then it's like that's icky, but yeah, I just I get where he's going and what he's tying together. Yeah. It just felt kind of like maybe there should have been more to do with them since they were such a big part of the first act. Yeah. And then they just not. <laughs> yeah, I agree. 
Yeah. I thought there should, there should have been more to that because obviously I'm going to guess what they're, where, where they end up, but like, I think there should have been more to that because there's also the scene where they like, um, they destroy her, uh, they kill the dog, which is yeah. which fuck. And then they deface her property. Yeah. So like, it's, it's there. It's just kind of like, there's no real conclusion. Yeah. That, 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 I guess C storyline kind of felt a little, just kind of, it didn't get enough love and attention yeah. that it probably needed. I liked though, now that you were mentioning that, I was just thinking about it. I like for our two main people for, for Liza and Michael, for Sally and Brian, I guess. Um, You're on a first name basis with Liza Manella? You know it. Um, <laughs> that everything started, well, because we've said their names, so I'm not going to fucking say their first and last name every time. Um, that sort of now, as we were talking about it, I didn't realize it and it didn't stick out to me as much, but as that movie progresses, yes, the Nazism gets harder and harder and harder. Like it's, it's more and more in your face, but it's also getting closer and closer to their home. Like, by the end, it's like the people that they're living with are like looking down on Jews and shit. And you're just like, holy fuck. Like, it's like now it's in the house sort of thing. Like it was um, it was a pamphlet. Then it was a guy beaten in the street. Then it was the fucking like something else. Then it was the 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 dog thing. And then there was the beer garden thing. And then there was like now it's in your living room. Like it was uh i i don't know i liked the way that it interwove what was happening at that time throughout like the musical numbers juxtaposing what was happening in the cabaret to what was happening in real life um and then whatever Liza was doing when their storyline and all that i don't know i liked it i'm sorry that you didn't enjoy it as much tony but at least you like the musical can't, numbers can't win sure. can't win them all i'm a huge fan yeah. i'm a huge fan of musicals so as long as they're song and dance i can at least hold on to something right you know it That's and it's true. got your song and your dance exactly but it doesn't hold a candle to the godfather obviously. no obviously no, obviously you can't compete with perfection you can't it's true. you it's can't true. the best movie ever made or best american movie ever made 100 100 did you guys watch the offer uh i saw the first three episodes y'all need to watch it's yeah primo it's so good i'm nice. a big fan of the entire cast yeah so. yeah i'll check it out no and then uh james already hinted at this this was a this was an out of the box idea for us speaking and, of pushing uh, the envelope pushing the envelope and we we kind of we the three we of went us down, had, we went down a fucking rabbit hole to pull the three this of one us out. the three of us have never seen this uh highly influential film and highly important piece of cinema and we felt it deserved to be a part of this uh 1972 uh discussion and uh the movie i'm talking about is deep throat the porno film directed by is it jerry damiano did I say his name right? That is correct, my friend. Yes. And well, I guess the the easiest and quickest way to uh, describe this film is that a young woman um, is not enjoying G- uh, Gerald Damiano or Jerry Damiano. Jerry. Yeah, you're good. Um, a young woman is not satisfied 
with her sex life and she doesn't know why and she goes to see a psychiatrist is it a psychiatrist what's his yeah. fuck it was it, yeah a psychiatrist uh, dr young the psychiatrist yes and uh he does i i didn't know psychiatrists do full body exams but this one did and um he finds out that her clitoris is not where it should be where it should be it's actually at the back of her throat and i'm sure you you know where you can see where everything is going yeah (laughs) you can see where everything is going from there and um all of that said i was actually really surprised by this movie like i was expecting like hi sex hi sex oh yeah you were expecting yeah it's a 60 minute like sin like it's a 60 minute piece of cinema like there's actual shot like there's actual filmmaking yeah (laughs) filmmaking and there's there there is a plot and there is acting and it's really (laughs) funny like i'm not oh yeah yeah i love the one-liners the one-liners are amazing i'm using the term acting and story very loosely (laughs) very loosely very loosely but still like compared to something that would come out now outside of the pirates franchise um like it seems like i was just really surprised that there was so much more to it and that it was more layered than i thought and more cinematic than i thought yeah there was definitely a lot more movie in this than i ever thought there would be yeah especially at a 60 minute runtime i was like oh okay i know what i'm getting into this is going to be like here's a little setup and then this is it for the rest of the film and it it's wasn't not that. <laughs> it was there was a lot more like there's a there's a whole fucking opening intro credits thing that was going on like a proper film um and the score there's a has, score it has the, oh, the man, best the funk sound- soundtrack of soundtrack. all time Give it to me on vinyl. Give it to the Spotify <laughs> oh playlist. God. If somebody knows of it on Spotify, please DM us because like I am tr- still trying to find it. <laughs> that music is fucking incredible, man. And like Harry Reams, like if he wasn't typecast, he would have been huge. He has such charisma in this. Like yeah. he's, he's a riot yeah he's he's so over the he's the he's the he's the doctor uh, 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 all-encompassing doctor the doctor okay yeah he definitely has some range there man that guy was fucking wild yeah yeah Yeah. like he has range like he's like i don't want to put down pornographic actors but jesus this guy has range yeah it's it's tragic that he didn't get out of this typecasting Right? Yeah, and then we also watch uh, we also watched the uh, the documentary Inside Deep Throat, kind of like paired off with it to kind of talk to kind of understand everything that was going on at the time. Because I've seen that I've seen the documentary before, and I wasn't a big fan of it then, and I'm still not a. I think it's it's way too kind of loose. It's not. It doesn't like hone in the way it should. But I didn't realize that. Uh, the same guy, Bucci Pereno, who did who uh who had a hand in the Pamela Anderson sex tape was like the big the big guy, the big Huna on fucking Deep Throat too. Yeah. 
like that's nuts but but yeah like you can see its influence it's incredibly influential and of course we're gonna know we're gonna know the word deep throat forever because of watergate yeah which is which is kind of fun (laughs) but yeah that film i mean we've been kind of i think that the nice thing about the three films that we picked um, and I really didn't know it going into it is that they all in their own way were pushing an envelope in some direction of, you know, you had deliverance pushing the envelope with a very graphic rape scene right in front of you. Um, cabaret pushing the envelope with sexuality and abortion sort of in a different way, maybe a more family friendly way. Um, Family's not very family. No, but like I mean, and and it's it's not it's it's not deep throat. Like, yes, it's not deep throat. Um, and then you have deep throat, which is pushing the film industry in a sense at the time in its own completely different direction. And like the fallout of that movie was insane. Yeah. Um, like first of all, uh, a budget of forty-seven thousand, and they made. And- somewhere between 30 and 50 million dollars like it might be even higher than that like what it's, it's one of the most uh like profitable movies it? ever profitable movies ever. yeah i was i was gonna say it's definitely has that title and it's one of the most like uh profitable indie movies ever made yeah. um and like in that documentary no- they were saying that one theater just like once once the word got out and all the notoriety started coming there was lawsuits and all that they started playing it non-stop 24 7 yeah well, it'd be easy. It's only sixty minutes. Yeah, but like still. we talk now, we talk now about how many fucking how Marvel movies are are certain lengths, so yeah. they can get X number of showings in the yeah. day. Like, can you imagine how many times it was shown that movie? Yeah. Like, they're not cleaning the theater up after that. Yeah, <laughs> like they probably just like put they probably like take five minutes and then put the next put the reel just back on. Go <laughs> again. Swap the reel spot and refeed like it through the, and like tickets back then were a couple bucks yeah like jesus it's just i was very surprised by it and also about like how it's very progressive with female sexuality like you don't really yeah other than harry reams you don't really see any of the guys kind of experiencing pleasure you just see the women experiencing pleasure no it's all it's it's all about the women in this it's all about the women which juxtaposed against what linda lovelace came lovelace 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 um lovelace came out and said about all the horrible things about the state of her state when she made that movie yeah and it's just like that's a hell of a juxtaposition because she's like there's like specific scenes there's a specific scene it's like burned in my head and it's just like she's just smiling and it looks like she's having the time of her life and then you hear what actually happened you're like jesus fuck well yeah and and just just reading a little bit apparently like the first two biographies that linda borman ever did linda lovelace being her stage name um linda borman's first two were just like she actually praised it and thought it was like a very liberating experience and then her third and fourth biographies she talked more about the abuse and the rape that she suffered from chuck trainer um and the fact that she was paid a pittance for this movie like uh, she, she was p- paid more than harry reams and she made more money than fucking jerry damiano too 
but yes, it wasn't. Much she money. she she got paid eight grand. Yeah. For you know whatever that movie made, um, the none equivalent of, of eight grand. None of them. None of none, them made yeah. money on it. Yeah, it it was very evident from all the uh, the, <laughs> the interviews in 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 the documentary for Inside Deep Throat. I'm like, oh, you guys are not doing well. Yeah. Especially Mr. Like missing his teeth, smoking barefoot in the front yard of a trailer. Yeah. That the was he the the, the, the scout? Cin- uh no, he was the cinematographer. The scout was oh. uh that other random guy. Oh yeah. The guy who's not really looking at the camera. Yeah. yeah. And he's like swearing his face off the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it was uh it, I mean, like, yeah. look, it, it, for it, what it for what it is, it, for what it is, it like, was, holy it was hell. great. It, yeah. it literally tested the true boundaries of what you would call cinema. Um, it launched an entire thing about obscenity and censorship within media and whether it's right or wrong to censor films as they come out. I purposely I like I don't know where the line should be for that. And I think it's a sticky topic, but but it's also about the female enjoyment yeah. right like that's always yeah, oh yeah and like some of those lawsuits subject. jesus christ where it's just like women shouldn't be focused on that kind of pleasure and satisfaction it's like wait what <laughs> like that's been that's been a fucking at the core of the mpaa yeah. the entire time it's existed yeah like it's just yeah and you see it's wild influence and how important yeah. a film it is and yeah, I just keep coming back to it's cinematic and it's funny. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's got the, some of the, the most tr- weird juxtaposition shots that I've ever seen. And oh, it's like where she's uh, she's enjoying herself and it's the rocket going off. Yeah, and the yeah exactly. <sighs> and yeah, banger soundtrack. Yeah. Pun intended. I had the privilege of watching this movie with my wife. And I love honestly, it so much. her reactions were just amazing. The one reaction that I love the most, halfway through the movie, she turns to me and she's like, I feel like I'm watching somebody's sex tape and I shouldn't be watching it. And it's pretty accurate. It's pretty accurate. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah. Like you said, Dave, this movie is like super influential. You can see why uh, it was influential, and uh, it was just a wild watch. It was not what I was expecting in the slightest. No, and I will even admit this to you guys and to our audiences: it is the first porno that I watched from start to finish. Good for you! Congratulations! In a in a in a continuous continuous. Uh, Set for you without skipping anything. I watched. You, you can stop talking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stop talking. But I do want to know. Do you mind if I smoke while you eat? <laughs> <laughs> that was another. That was I, another. That was another I thing paused. that she said. She was like, she was like, is she just gonna keep smoking while he does I that? Ju- I like, paused what? it and I, I, it, I just like, I burst out laughing. I was like, what? <laughs> like the delivery, perfect. No, 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 no. Notes. No notes. no notes. Just holy hell. I mean, I, I I can't believe that we watched that movie, but I also like I feel a little bad for watching it as well, considering everything that that Borman came out with afterwards and the fact that like it was confirmed that like she was definitely 
not in a good situation in that entire shoot. But yeah, um, you also watched Last Tango in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. It comes down to like it, it, it it's art. It is at this art. point. And it's also history at this point. It is an important piece of what was happening in Hollywood in 1972. Yeah. And it shaped what happened afterwards. It was almost and kind of can... like the apex of how far you can push the envelope. Yeah. Like it we've mentioned it more than once in this episode just like it's separating the art from the artist and mm-hmm. just knowing the history behind it. And it's icky, but like as a piece of history, like it's, I thought it was worth watching. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like a changed person for it. And you also just now to- the fact that all three of us have seen it just makes any time that I want to reference it so much easier. You just have to accept that her her clitoris is at the back of her throat. My God, it's at the back of your throat. That's that's so brilliant. Like, like that is a brilliant plot synopsis. Yeah. No notes. No notes. So, yeah, that was our uh, our look at a couple of films in 1972. I think we really kind of captured more of the zeitgeist with these ones Mm -hmm. as opposed to the kind of the ones in 82 and 92 where we kind of just like cherry pick movies that we'd never seen or wanted to rewatch well yeah and i mean i feel like this is i i I think this one worked out best right because like it was movies we hadn't seen and fed into like the the zeitgeist at the time whereas yeah the other ones well, the other problem was with 1972, we'd seen a lot of everything else that had come out and all the the true bangers. So when you start going down the list a little, you start getting into things. And then we noticed three that were big ish, but that we had never seen. So I think that worked out really well. I think so, too. I learned a lot from this one. Like, I really <laughs> enjoyed watching all three and like digging into the the back end of it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Two very different or three very different movies i will say they're very different. different like we kind of stayed on on like the general um line with the other with the 82 and 92 these yeah. ones radically different throughout yeah yeah but all following that same thread of just seeing how far you can change things after all the repression from the 60s hollywood from the, the 30s to the 60s, the 60s yeah yeah, yeah. So I'm excited for us to continually roll back this clock because 1962 should be something. Are we going to do 62? If you want to do 62? Are we going to do 2002? We could also go the other way. You know, there's options. There's options. We're going to go one of two ways. We're going to have to look at the list and see. I mean, if we go 2002, we get equilibrium, though. Minority Report, Chicago, (sighs) Road to Perdition. See, I think if we go to 2002, we're going to have a lot harder of a time finding movies that we haven't seen. This is true. I think in 62, it'll be a little easier. Blue Crush, Halloween Resurrection. All all bangers, actually. Jason X. Oh, man. Jason X. All bangers. All bangers. We're doing 62. I think we're leaving 2002 in the dust. Yeah. Yeah. We can can leave 2002 alone. Yeah. But uh, yeah, 
uh, I don't have any new Blu-rays because I'm still waiting for our Shout Factory uh, package to arrive. It was in customs for a few, a few weeks, it seems Ooh. like. So hopefully I'll get that this week. And I have a bunch of arrows on pre-order. Nice. Don't tell my wife. And um, yeah. Do I have arrows on pre-order? Uh, no, but you do have a vinegar syndrome on pre-order. Nice. Fun. Uh, don't tell yeah. my wife. I yeah, picked I up two her. movies. I, I bought two physical movies. Oh man, Jimmy's New Blues. Let's Jimmy's do it. Jimmy's New Blues. Let's do I'll, it. I'll do it quick. Blues. I'll do it quick. So I, I was at Fan, Fan Expo uh, on the Saturday, which uh, for anybody that went at any point was just way too many people. Uh, it was. I don't know was, why they didn't fix this. Like, I know they want to make money hand over fist, but like, come on, guys! It was bad before. It's probably it was not so oh, bad. It's not bad now. And honestly, worse now. do you remember? Do you remember the first year? I think the first year we went and got our the first year that we went, the three of us. I think we got our passes early because I think you, Dave. I think you were working downtown, that and you picked right. up our passes or something before before we went because we entered through South Building. Uh, but then since then, every time we've had to like get our passes and enter, it's always been through North building. And why? Why the fuck is that the way to do it? Like North mm-hmm. is so cramped already with all the autographs and photos and everything else that like you're funneling thousands of people through this tiny little hall so that they can hit two fucking glass doors to go up the escalator to get to South building. Like it's just nonsensical. Yeah, it, it's it's the stupid. Anyway. I went, I went the one year I went, I don't know what year it was, but I was on my own mm. and the entire convention was in the North building. They shoved God. it all in one building. No. Yeah. That sounds awful. It wasn't great. Um, anyway, so the first, uh, the first aisle I turned down once I finally made it into North building, which was a mission in and of itself, um, got my pass activated. We made the first right and I found the unobstructed view booth without even looking. Love it. I just Love wandered it. into it. I was like, oh, shit. And like the crowd was, you know, you have the wave of people moving you through the aisle because you can't stop. Um, and I was just like my wife and my friends kept moving forward. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just I'm just going to be over here. It just fell over to the side. Um, the two gentlemen working there were like the loveliest film nerds I've ever met. Um, they saw me poking around the Blu-rays and they were like, what are you looking at? What are you thinking about? I was like, I don't know. I want to see what kind of 4Ks we're kicking around. Um, and he's like, well, they're all over here. And he showed me like the whole collection. And we were just like, I was riffing on titles as we were talking through. And um, I was like, I don't understand how you work for this fucking company, man. Like I would just be buying everything. He's like, honestly, that's all I do. <laughs> my Half my paycheck goes directly back. I feel like the owner was there. The owner might have been one of the guys you were talking to. Possibly. Yeah. Maybe it was. Um, I don't know who the owners are. So Did he? Did he try to upsell you on Jesus shows you the way? He did not, <laughs> thankfully. Or, G- or Jesus shows you the highway or whatever it's called. <laughs> no, no, no upselling. Um, anyway, so while I was digging through uh, because uh, as as our avid listeners may know, last week I was talking about Django or last episode I was talking about Django, the movie. Django. Django. I <laughs> found that on 4K. So I picked up that. Proudly. And I'm Don't. very excited to actually throw that on and watch it because I watched it in 1080 and now I kind of want to see it in 4K. Um, Proud of you. And I also, while scrolling through the bin that they had, found uh, a history of violence. And, you know, shout out to our Cronenberg uh, episode. I had to uh, I had to pick that up on 4K as well. 
Was it History of Violence or was it uh, Eastern, Eastern Promises? Eastern Promises. I'm sorry. Yes. Eastern Promises. Two Correct. very different films. Yes. Very two very, very films. different films. Same director, same actor. Both starring very Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> <laughs> very different films. Yes. Sorry. Yes, you're right. Correct. It is Eastern Promises uh, on welcome. 4K. And I'm very excited. Thank you, Tony. Um, fruit basket. <laughs> a lot more fruit basket. Fruit so, basket of 4K fruit basket. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so that was that was it it was uh that was the only two things that i bought at fan expo and Proud of you. i'm worth it it was worth it and uh what was it worth like, it i'm worth it yeah yeah you are worth it for arrows and uh kinos <laughs> what uh what wasn't worth it was the fact that i sent that message while i was at an obstructed view and tony and dave were both busy and then i had to go back unobstructed view going the opposite way of the way that everybody else was going in and it took me half an hour to get back to unobstructed view MVP James we're proud of you for doing it and then yeah I also really enjoyed that conversation Dave with with Alyssa telling you to get off the fucking phone yeah I was was like reading out every title I was actually I was actually on a brunch date (laughs) with my wife while you were at the unobstructed view table and I'm just like yeah, honey, I get it. I get it. These pancakes are fantastic. While I'm literally looking through to see what you're saying. I was, anything uh, good, anything good, anything good. <laughs> I was at a wedding. <laughs> Luckily, they had already gotten married and we were just kind of yeah, hanging out yeah. while they took pictures. Yeah. Anyway, but, it was a fun time. There was way too many people. If I ever go again, I'm never going on a Saturday to save my life. I will go on a Thursday. You say that every time, but you end up going on fucking Saturday. I don't know all what the, the fuck it is. Why is it always Saturday? Because that's... The- that's when that's, every the, day, that's the day. That's the day. That's, that's the, day. the day. Yeah. That's You're the right. day. Sunday's right. not. No. Like, no we've gone on Sunday. No, and gone the other on Sundays, thing that we keep doing exciting. every year, we're like, we're never going to Fan Expo again. That's it. We're done. That was the last year. Unless this one celebrity comes back, and then it's they always one do. Specific celebrity. And they always I do. I remember we're just like, Dan, we're, we're just like, eh, we're done. We're done. We're done. But I mean, if Danny Trejo shows up, and then when I got the the email i just remember the three of us like just we all messaged each other what? at the same time fuck and then i went to tell Alyssa, and i was like guess who's coming and she's like is it fucking danny trejo i was like yes yeah. oh man i loved meeting danny trejo this guy's in it too <laughs> <laughs> oh that was so much fun oh, oh man like for people like him like where he's a very distinct character actor yeah like you can see the joy on his face to meet people who would pay money to get a photo with him yeah <laughs> yeah right yeah. like he know like if you're paying money for a photo with danny trejo because you're you a fan know, yeah. it means you're a fan and two it means you know who genuinely know who danny yeah, trejo is exactly <laughs> you know his work it's true hey, hey guys yeah guess who was one of the assassins and replacement killers who was sent to kill johnny young fat was, was it, it danny, danny trejo, trejo? It was Danny fucking Trejo. Nice. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, Danny Trejo. I still love that Danny Trejo's just a rat bastard in heat. That he plays fucking the part guy. so well. He does. He really does. I, he does. I deeply regret not going to Trejo's Tacos when I was in Los oh, Angeles. You fucked up, Dave. You fucked up hard. Just means I gotta go back. Yeah. And buy his t-shirts. Yes. And go to the new Bev. Yes. Yeah. All of the above. All of the above. We got this. We got time. Anyway, that's the, that's Jimmy's new blues for today. I got two. Proud of you. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy about it. So let's uh, let's wrap this puppy up, shall we? Mm-hmm. 
by the time you listen to this, me and T- Tony and I might not be alive, alive, but uh, <laughs> God willing, we will be. And on the next episode of the, of um, the finger guns, you will hear. Oh, is it going to be an oh. old Tiff episode? It's going to be an oops, all Tiff episode. Oh, fuck yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to tell everything about my adventures on Friday. Oh, by the way, that's my one day of Tiff. I think I said last episode that I was not going to Tiff at all. Oops, I'm going to one day. <laughs> and we it's going to be hilarious. So it's I gonna can't be, it's gonna wait. Be a riot. I can't wait to tell you all about it. Um, it's going to be But a also, riot. I can't wait to interview Tony and Dave and get their full rundown of Tiff and tell me all the highs and lows and pee in the bottle in between yeah follow us on twitter and letterboxd to yes. see the live as it happens coverage but uh Watch dave and tony's tune- mental breakdown yeah yeah it's it's coming it'll definitely come but uh tune in in a few in two weeks and yep. uh you'll hear all about all the stuff that's coming immediately and some of the stuff that, that you definitely need to keep on your radar and some of the stuff you've never heard of that you're going to need to immediately put on your radar. And maybe something that you've never heard of and that will never see the light of day. This too. Those are All the, facts. those are the treat ones. Just like knowing that you're like, song. was a, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that you can go watch it. You just need YouTube <laughs> red for some fucking reason. <sighs> Shout out to YouTube red. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, YouTube Red. YouTube Red. This episode not sponsored by YouTube Red. Please send us a free membership so we can watch King <laughs> so of the Dance. We can watch King of the yes, Dance all, please. 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 I need to watch it with them and I just, I don't want to sign up. And or Mr. Nick Cannon, please send us a screener. <laughs> yes. Send us a Blu-ray. Send us That's a 4K it. if you have it. We'll review it on the episode. Yes, it's true. And It'll we'll be an oops on. all King of, King of the Dance <laughs> all episode. And we'll have you on as a guest. 100% man. Someone who knows this... Nick Cannon. Someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows Nick Cannon. Because I feel like we're four removed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, Boys, is a, this, uh, this will yeah. be a uh, outstanding offer yeah. that will not yeah. expire. Yeah. <laughs> Is this is this before or after we get Colin Firth on the episode? Oh yeah, we do have to get Colin Firth real bad. Yeah, real bad, real bad. Yeah, we're gonna listen to these later after we interview them, and it's gonna be <laughs> they're gonna be like, or they're gonna level. listen to this in preparation. Oh no, no, oh, man, man. I can't, I Don't can't wait that. for Colin Firth to listen to that episode. <laughs> At least it's not Colin Firth us talking about Colin Firth on the Deep Throat episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it is kind of now. Yeah. It is now, but we don't <laughs> talk about them in depth yeah. on the Deep Throat episode. Yeah. But with that said, thanks for listening. And uh, my name is Dave. My name is Anthony JP. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I'm James. <laughs> and uh, we'll be talking to you very, very, very soon. Take care. I'm going the fuck to sleep. Nice.